1: Welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumor Charity, helping to raise awareness and help find a cure. Thanks to our partnership, we've been able to create a short series of special podcasts, uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. You can hear these stories, including the Williams F1 team's planning director, Richard Jones, right now on your chosen podcast player. The charity work all year round to help develop research and raise awareness. And this October sees the return of the Brain Tumor Charity's most beloved community event, the Twilight Walk. You can join them remotely this autumn to cover 10 kilometres, 40 kilometres, 130 kilometres or your very own distance to raise money and take strides towards a cure. Moving about is well known for boosting our well-being and you can complete your walk bit by bit or all in one go as a team or by yourself, at home or indoors. So visit www.thetwilightwalk.com to sign up and start your fundraising challenge. A huge thank you for your support. If you can donate anything, you can do that through the motormouth.club website or through the Brain Tumor Charity Direct. And together, we can help every single person affected by a brain tumor. It's season nine, and we're really excited to be teaming up with Rodin Cars. Based in New Zealand, but with a new HQ open in Donington Park in the UK, owning the Rodin FZ gives you the keys to experience a whole new level of driving performance. A supercar like no other, giving you the chance to feel pure driving pleasure. Designed for easy maintenance, you could own the F1 lifestyle and strive for that perfect lap time with the Rodin FZ. There's plenty of purchasing options, including after-sale partnerships, where your Rodin FZ is looked after on and off track by an official Formula Racing team, storage and exclusive track access to Rodin's very own circuit in New Zealand. With Rodin and the Rodin FZ, you experience so much more than just owning an open-wheel, high-performance supercar. For more information on Rodin and how you can get involved, visit rodin-cars.com.
2: Hello everyone, Tim Sylvie here. Now today's guest hails from Cape Town in South Africa and I'm going to go straight into it, Harry, and tell take- your south african knowledge honestly this is an easy one i know it's been challenging of late you say they're easy and my brain just doesn't work no this if you don't get this it's a bit embarrassing so um right right although a popular tourist attraction for many many years which cape town landmark did not become a national park until 1998
1: why is that an easy one? Think about it. How right? earth on earth do you
2: think? Yeah, right, that's right. common knowledge. Think, think about Cape Town, yeah? And think yeah. about a postcard and what you normally see on a postcard of Cape Town. You're not... Uh, well... <sighs> yeah, um, <sighs>
1: yeah, well... Um, Come on. All the, all the postcards that I'm sending uh, to Cape Town and back, um, it's a... Square. Uh, okay, okay <laughs> no, but that, 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 I don't know the that, coast. I like the sea. Oh so people, people are literally not,
2: shouting at their car radios right now. I've literally not got an app, a Scooby. I haven't got a clue. Table Mountain. I was never.
1: You no, know I, I. I would never got that. App. Really? Never. I don't know my. I'm sorry. I hate to say
2: it. I don't know my Cape Town geography. <sighs> you know what Table Mountain is, though, right? No. Oh sweet lord. Oh, gives me yeah. a physical headache. So okay, you're going to need to Google Table Mountain after this, or do it now. It's it's the most famous landmark in in uh, in South Africa, basically. I'm, so well, I mean,
1: yeah. okay, it does look kind of cool. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's Well, I can only apologise to our contingent of listeners from Cape Town. Yeah,
2: um, and to our guest. <laughs> well, the, that that mountain, um, 300 million years ago, was actually at sea level um Ooh. and during an ice age ice sheets flattened it's all made of sandstone they flattened the layers of sandstone creating that sort of flat top that you can see now you've now you've looked at it yeah, yeah, yeah. when the continents split and all those stresses and pressures built up in the earth's crust it's got granite in it which gave it strength that kept it all together the, the rock rose out the ground and became a kilometer tall tabletop mountain that we recognize today so there you go oh and
1: that's why it's called table do you see if nothing if nothing i learn something every time we do this if nothing else i learn something new yeah you're going to be really good at pub quizzes exactly shall i introduce today's guest I think so, I'm I'm a bit bit fearful now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So today we're joined by Emma Walsh, the former star of Channel 4's Made in Chelsea, which she joined in Series 10. She's gone on to work in music, radio, on stage, singing and dancing, but we know her best for her YouTube and social media activity within cars and motorsport. She's even bagged herself a full race license and put herself to the test in the mini challenge at Brands Hatch and has interviewed the great and good of racing, including the likes of Sebastian Vettel. We're here to hear about her life opinions, views, fears and more. Emma Walsh, welcome. Welcome to the Motormouth podcast.
3: Hi guys. Hello. i just want to say I am horrified.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> that you don't know table Mountain. I dagger in the heart.
1: I, I can only apologise, and actually, I I even have friends who are South African as well, and uh, it's it's it is a bit of a oh. it is a bit of a shame. But That's my boring. general my general knowledge is just terrible. It really is bad. I mean, um, when you
3: started with the question, I was like, oh, I don't even know the answer to this, and then yeah, it all
1: became clear. All it's, it's, it's all easy when you know the question, isn't it? But let's move <laughs> swiftly on. Are you joining us from the top of Table Mountain, Emma? Or no, are not today, actually. <laughs> it's
3: not very good up there.
1: <laughs> Whereabouts are you based at the moment, then? Where are you joining us from?
3: I'm actually based uh, back in London now. I've moved back into to London, yeah. Oh, very
1: nice. So, uh, well, the weather is uh, changeable. So, um, Cape Town, though. So, if we go back there, what is it like to, to grow up there. Tell us about, you know, what, what life was like starting off and, and were there early signs of your career and what was to be?
3: Um, n- no, not now, anyway. Everything's turned out very differently to what I had imagined as a kid. Um, I grew up in a very uh, musical family. My parents were a pop group in the UK, so... Quite a well-known
2: one.
3: Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, no, so lots of singing in the family. Um, I started dancing when I was about three years old. I wanted to be a ballerina and there was acting and Cape Town was a a beautiful place to grow up. Um, I come from Somerset West, which is a really small town. Well, back in the day, I mean, it was really small. Obviously, it's built up a bit now, but yeah, small town, um, big dreams, that kind of story. And uh, yeah, living by the sea was amazing. I spent most of my weekends riding my bike and rollerblading and swimming. And, and then during the week, I was a full-time dancing, singing, piano lessons, sports. Wow. I came home at like seven o'clock every night. I wanted to do everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a film, like rollerblading by the coast and then yeah. off your dance lesson.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know. No, it was, it was a great, honestly, a great um, childhood. You know, not a lot of opportunities as a, as a kid, um, from small town back then mm. hence why I kind of moved on but but yeah it was a really good childhood
2: and when did the interest in cars come about because obviously at this point you know you're you're younger you're, well, your formative years you're you're doing all the dancing and the singing and, and at some point an interest in cars shows itself when did that happen
3: <laughs> I actually posted something yesterday my uh, my dad sent me a picture of I think I was two years old he put me on the bonnet of a of a suzuki i think it was <laughs> and that's because somebody said where did this love from cars come from and my dad said oh, i just kept putting you on a bonnet until you until you like
2: cars. <laughs> pushy <laughs> but, parents
3: yeah so no we used to watch um formula one together i think i was the only one in the house that uh would watch it with them and i just had this crazy uh, urge to just want to learn how to race these cars like they did on track it was a bizarre thing as a you know, a kid coming back from ballet and I was just obsessed with learning how to learn, like to drive on track and just handle the car really well. And yeah, none of that kind of happened back at home. I just, we had a go-kart track down the road and I used to go to all the birthday parties. I think I went once, I got in the car, beat all the boys and I was like, I really like this. Uh, and then just kept going back pretty much every kind of second week. And yeah, I loved it.
1: What Was there a danger that you may end up being or w- wanted to be a racing driver or just... Oh, like, you
3: know, like, oh, 100%. I had a full split personality. I was like, pop star <laughs> racing driver. Like, that was my two things. But, you know, my dad was like, you're going to have to choose one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was no racing when I was a kid back back then anyway. So I was like, okay, well, I'll be a pop star.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting. Before we talk more about sort of the, the racing and the motorsports, side, I think it's quite... Because I think when I first met you as well, we both sort of talks about the idea because we both kind of had a similar I mean I'm no ballet dancer or anything but both coming from no. kind of an acting creative singing no. kind, of, <laughs> kind of background now, I could do a, a good box step every now and then um, <laughs> but where, where did that take you then how, how far did you follow that you know the, the singing the dancing the acting and it, what kind of stuff, stuff has come from that to begin with
3: um, yeah so I did I did ballet for about 18 years uh, and then along the way I picked up you know modern dance and hip hop and I, I felt like a lot of the work or shows that we had to do uh, incorporated a lot of styles of dancing. So you had to learn how to do everything. I mean, you'd go to an audition and they'd be like, can you Spanish dance? And you're like, yeah, I can. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so um, I think I picked up um, everything along the way. I went to Singapore for a contract for my first contract. I was 18. Uh, and then from there just rolled on. I did a lot of corporates, music uh, music videos, I went on a cruise ship for two years as a singer-dancer. Um, I had my own events company hiring dancers. I did Richard Branson's event the one the one year. That was wow. amazing and also weird. Um, <laughs> I was just like, what's happening? I was so young and I organized this whole event. It was, And he was so great. And he personally came up and said, I just want to thank you so much for, for this event. It was like a white party for his staff or the the airline so everything was white like white chocolate fountains and oh wow. all, yeah it was,
1: that's amazing it wasn't on um, on in one of his Deca, islands the verga islands Island, was
3: it no it? it was it was johannesburg <laughs> you <know? All> right. <laughs> not as luxurious as one of islands. yeah but it was really good so i, I managed all the dances there and I, I actually sang at the event as well um oh it's, yeah. it's,
2: it's another member of the of the motormouth band Yay! I say this Yeah. Ba- well, so, so we so this is episode, This will be episode something like ninety eight, ninety nine. It might even be a hundred. I'm not sure yet. But out of those sort of hundred or so episodes, I'd say maybe a, a sixth of the people that we've interviewed have said they're either play guitar or they sing or they dance or they do something unexpected wow. so um i so think we could form, we could form a motormouth band with um, uh, harry is you know with his rada training can can prance around at the front uh, tim with his choir boy background yeah. he'll be there at the front yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um so That's you're amazing in. you've passed the audition already so so this is all setting you up quite nicely for what's to come and, and so you're, you're you're learning your trade you're doing your dancing and you're setting up businesses and being entrepreneurial and then we um, find you on our TV screens in the UK, um, yeah, in that made, random. <laughs> made, made in Chelsea, which was, you know, a show that was uh, absolutely massive um, at, at that point, certainly um, sort of around 2015-ish, I think it was. How on earth did this come about, uh, first of all? And then let's dive into what it was like to actually be on it. Um. So just,
3: oh, just before that, I toured with Grease, the musical. Oh, I love Grease. Um, cool with the west end so actually that's actually what brought me to london because i came to audition for the uh, for the west end show so yeah we did a year tour with that uh, oh, world tour, which was wow amazing yeah uh, who did and then you play then, who, who were you in I,
2: greece I, what's that who did you play in greece
3: Oh, I was an understudy for Sandy. Um and I came because I was on the cruise ships, I came in late that actually already started rehearsals. Uh and then they were looking for a swing, I think a month into the rehearsals and I auditioned and so it was a swing for everyone.
1: And that is hard. Yeah. That wow. is, I'd say that's arguably harder because you've <laughs> got to know everything, yeah. not just everything. your own thing.
3: And at the drop of a hat, because you're, you know, somebody gets injured and you're like, you're on and you're like,
2: oh. Oh, yep. my notes. terrifying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Part number five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it was really hard. But, um, from, yeah, from then I was in a girl group after that. We got put together for um, X Factor, yeah. What? All these things. Yeah, people just, my, I know, people don't know. It's so weird to me because people know me from this kind of career now, and this career now is so new to yeah. me. Um, I have this whole, yeah, the story. So girl band was, was the big one, and that didn't quite work out, which we can talk about another time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, from there, I met um, Ollie and, and Binky. Um, I was working at nihiki I started working at nightclubs so that I could have my days free. Uh, and the money was really good. So I'd work three times a week. And then during the days I could kind of audition and, and do whatever else I needed to do. Um, and I met them. We went away for the weekend. And... They were like, you should come on the show. I'm like, absolutely not. This is not not what I want to do. Did you know about um, Were
2: you aware of the show already?
3: I didn't really know the show. I mean, I knew them from coming to Mahiki and they were like, oh, we're on the show. And I mean, I wasn't that familiar with it. I hadn't been here for that long, I don't think, at that time. But um, I hadn't watched it, that's for sure. And they kind of posted some pictures of the weekend of us away. And the producers phoned me. They were like, can you come on the show? I was like not really what I want to do but I've, j- I've just done this big track day at um, Silverstone where I drove um, this Ferrari for the first time on track and I put it on my Instagram and at the time obviously my Instagram was nothing and they were like please can you just come on and you know race cars or do your stunts or do because I did stunts for movies as well. Back back in the you did you do? Yeah. back in my previous life, yeah. And then what? I like, can you just come on and do some do some stuff. And my manager at the time was like, "Listen, what if you can, you know, sing and do a bit of stunts and drive a car on track? Maybe it's a, a good platform for you to to showcase yourself." So, I mean, that wasn't what the show was for. No. <laughs> I soon found out, but, but
2: as a as a profile thing, I mean, pretty amazing at, at at that time. Question, and I know you would have been asked this a million times, but I've never heard a, an answer from someone that was actually in the show. What? How much of it is staged, and how much of it is just you just living your your daily life?
3: Um, the whole, no, it's not scripted at all. There's no scripts. Um, I would I wouldn't say staged. I would say produced. Yep. Very well um produced very well you all get your own uh, producer and they kind of check in with you every day and you do go about your your daily kind of life I guess when you're in the show you would I guess hang out with the people you're filming with a little bit more than than normal I think to be in the storyline and then I think I mean I was pretty oblivious I thought it was all gonna be fun and games and have an amazing time but um yeah, I think people who've been on the show a long time know very much how to mould yeah. a storyline. Yeah. Um, would, yeah.
1: would you ever do Made in Chelsea or anything like that again if the opportunity came around?
3: Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say no. I think if I went back on the show at this stage, I would definitely know how to handle it anymore. I mean, you do sign a contract that you're you have to be honest, which is you know what you say to your producer they have to take us the truth mm. um so you are supposed to be honest but i mean i was i was caught in a, in a flat out uh, performance <laughs> <laughs> and i was oh, like God. what is going on here i'm so confused uh, there, there must be like is there a, a
1: pressure as well like if, if they're with you every day or at least the days where you're involved you know have did, have you got is there a pressure on you to try and be like well I've got to do something interesting today I've got to you know like because there are surely days where you know there's maybe not a lot going on and you're just like oh god well I've got I've got to make something out of nothing
3: I think that's where the producing comes into play I think they uh, you know check in with you every day go back to the, the other producers and directors and they kind of mould a storyline out of what you're telling them so mm. if you've said you know I've had a fight with something so on and or I, you know, I feel like that. I want to talk to this person today. Uh, then they'll kind of set it up, and they'll be like, "Okay, well, if this was the scenario, what would happen? Or if this person walked in, what would you say?" And they're kind of get a, a feel for what the, the scene's going to be like before it happens and when people bump into each other on the show that actually is real yeah. you don't know you don't, and that's why everyone laughs or looks really awkward because you don't always well, you never know who you're going to bump into and oh. an extra tape mark on the floor and you're like someone's going to why is it. that
1: there yeah Oh, oh that's so true it's almost like you tell them everything and then they sort of work their magic in the background and just sort of facilitate it all but that's yeah. like it, almost yeah. don't let you know that's so interesting isn't it? How is it all because so I mean I live in it, Essex land it. where the only way is Essex is filmed on every street corner going and I, I'm i convinced there's parts of that that are scripted but maybe it's the same thing as, as what is Made in Chelsea it probably is you know it's yeah. how yeah. these shows had such huge success to, to begin with um, but I suppose moving on from, from Made in Chelsea and, and everything you've done up to that, that point you put all of that Amazing experience from left, right and center into heading off into the, this new big, bad world of, of YouTube, uh, I suppose. Was was that the next thing? How did the inspiration for, for setting that up come about? Was this the sort of the car automotive side sort of pushing its way through? Did you have a, a plan? <laughs>
3: I had no plan, I can can confirm. Um, I think it was, you know, the one good thing to come out of the show. I mean, the show did nothing for my following or career. I kind of uh, wormed away very quietly um, and kind of hoped that everyone's just forgotten that that I was on the show.
1: (laughs) Oh, sorry about that.
3: No, I'm joking. Um, No, I don't mind at all. But um, I think the only good thing that came out of that show was uh, I did... My opening scene was racing this Ferrari around around Brands Hatch, which was amazing. And uh, somebody got in touch with me to offer, to sponsor my racing license. And because I'd spoken about it on the show, I always wanted to get it. I had no idea what I was going to do with this racing license, but I knew that like being a kid, that was a dream for me to do. And long story short, I was um, hanging around Shvi because I looked after him on this this yacht in Monaco and I just, uh, long story short, he was doing his race license as well. So he said, you know, let's all just do it together. Myself, him and Seb Delaney. Yep. And um, they were like, you should film this. And I was like, why? why what am I going to do with the, this video? And they were like, you should just start a channel because, you know, I don't know any other girls at the moment doing this and it could be good. And I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I filmed it with Shmi's old camera um, had the most amazing day. Obviously, passed and and then I was I was driving home and I was like, someone someone needs to edit this video. I'm going to put it up. So I had to teach myself how to edit this. I mean, it's a, it's a shocking video, um, but yeah, someone had to. Uh, actually, do you know Archie edited my first video?
2: Archie Hamilton.
3: Archie Hamilton. Yeah. So I helped him start YouTube. Okay. Uh, and he was there that day and he actually edited my first video, but I had to learn how to edit from there on, um,
1: very badly on, on iMovie. So no, you're doing that yourself
3: an injustice. No, <laughs> on iMovie. it will say, say that quietly. <laughs> I know, yeah. I saw you use iMovie. Don't <laughs> tell
1: it. A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsor, Rodin Cars. Rodin are a bespoke formula-style supercar manufacturer based in New Zealand. With their vehicle offering, this is the only place where you can truly live the F1 lifestyle. With the easy-to-run, easy to maintain and even easier to drive Rodin FZ, you can live the dream of hunting down those final tenths of lap time whilst being fully supported by the team at Rodin who will provide you with after-sale care, storage options, exclusive use of their incredible track in New Zealand and, courtesy of Formula Racing Team High Tech Grand Prix, will run, set up and maintain your vehicle on and off the track. The Rodin FZ is a vehicle like no other, perfect for any true car aficionado in search for that elite performance to find out more head to rodin-cars.com
2: but that's um it's interesting that, that it sounds like you were really well received by that community because it like archie says it is predominantly male orientated isn't it you know you've got lots of shmi tge uh, paul sam it
0: was completely male dominated. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
2: And do you, do you feel like you were sort of welcomed with open arms by those guys and sort of brought into that community? Because you've, you've featured in quite a, a few of their videos, haven't you?
3: Yeah, do you know what? Those guys were really good to me um, in the beginning. I mean, Sh- Shmi never put me on any of his videos. He's not like... He's a corporate cool machine, like, though, you know. Yeah, he's like... You know, but he invited me to a lot of events. Um, was there for any kind of advice that I needed? Um Seb and I he's like my little brother, so we used to film together quite a lot. And then um Sam, Cynthia Glass and I get on really well, so we've done some some stuff together as well. But yeah, we all went to Monaco together and they were really great. So it was it was a good times back then when everybody actually wanted to, to film together now. Everyone's well,
2: like it's 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 a funny industry now because at that point everyone like you say was filming together and everyone's best buddies and it's all great and covering a lot of the same content but it didn't matter because there's collaborations like those Monaco trips that you mentioned it sort of feels yeah. like now it's, it's got so big for a lot of them like Shmi is just on another planet in terms of his you know his channel has grown so much but it feels like it's got so big now that there's obviously money involved and it's getting a little bit that it doesn't feel like they're quite as tight as they once were i don't know whether that's fair
3: um that is true or saying that sam and paul are on a road trip at the moment but yeah. yeah i think everybody does their own thing now really i guess it's so different
2: yeah you know, it is a different world now um we're going to put you on the spot here um oh. so um you've driven a number of different cars um all sorts of things <laughs> if you if you could only take three home with you what would they be do you know
3: if anyone is listening and knows me, I am so bad at choosing (laughs) my favourite car. (laughs) It's because I need to have driven them, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, it's so difficult to choose between Lamborghini, Ferrari and McLaren and Porsche, I would say. What about
2: the Mini? Uh, You're going to bin the Mini?
3: I'd bin the Mini, yeah. If I had a choice. Definitely. (laughs) In the bin. Um, I know, poor little thing. Hmm. No, it's a great car. Um, I must say... I haven't driven the uh, Hurricane STO, but that's I drove the, the Evo and everything else Lamborghini. And I, as a whole experience, driving it and the sound and feel and everything, I, I do love a Lamborghini. Uh, I've driven quite a lot of McLarens. I love the 600 LT, mm-hmm. but again, we got to drive it on track, so that's always it's always a good experience. Um, Ferrari Pista mm-hmm. of that car. Oh. None of these are are built for comfort, by the way. No, <laughs> <So no. laughs> I don't want to be driving as a daily. Um, oh, it's so difficult. Yeah, I would probably pick one of those three. Yeah,
2: no, I would.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't even go comfort or SUV. I wouldn't even do. Would you it. not? No. Not even one. Do. Mm.
2: This, it is, have for, this part, is for the rest of your like? life, Emma. The you, rest of your life. You need your, your car that you go to the supermarket in. You know, your your comfy. You're not fitting. You're not. Oh, the fitting your M- I'd put it M2.
3: Can't probably. There
2: you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> Borderline yeah. comfortable. It's a little
3: bit Racy comfortable.
1: Yeah. I would have. To, I would have to pick an SUV as one of them, just because I wouldn't fit in in any other kind of seat. No, I just wouldn't work. You literally that. don't fit what in about, car. What about a
3: Lamborghini Urus then?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. 100%, that's what I'm having, in in yellow, because I feel like you have to have a Lamborghini in yellow, I, I just I just feel like, I, it would probably be bold, but Larry. I just feel like that's the yeah, colour I associate cool. it right. with, there's actually, what well, there's somebody around my, where I live, who has one, I don't know where he lives, but I see it parked every now and then, they're just, just a bit, they just beastly, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Do
3: you know what, we, well, I was very lucky, we got to go to Lake Como and, and hoon these cars around, uh, and it was a great car.
1: Yeah, what a a backdrop
2: yeah. as well? What about um, what about electric cars? Would you would you take an electric car in there?
3: Um, I haven't. I had the Porsche taken uh, for a campaign, and I really liked it. I think I would definitely have to drive a few more to to see. I'm actually test driving one next week, so. Yeah, I'm not against them. I just, um, I'm not too familiar
2: with them. I think yeah. also, is, we're not set up for them yet, are we? It's, you know, if you live in central London, it's not the most suitable place to have an electric car because you can't really it's plug it in. There. It's a lot. It's a lot better than you think it is, I think. Yeah, but you can't... Yeah,
3: but not enough to, Not enough for me to buy one at the moment, I don't
2: think. We're looking, but we're, we, we operate in a slightly different world to you, so I'm looking at a Skoda Enyaq. How, do, how depressing <laughs> is that? So uh, it's like a, a big electric SUV that's really tedious to drive, but very pra- very practical. What? I'm you know, subscribing
3: driving the Kia EV6 next week.
2: Ooh. Can you let me know how it goes?
3: I'll, yeah, I'll actually let you know how it goes. Um, I've been inside it. It's a beautiful car, hmm. really, really nice looking and better in person. I know that's weird but yeah it is it's a good
2: looking car so i'll let you know yeah please because we i'm on the lookout i currently drive another skoda <laughs> i'm such an idiot skoda for I, life. I'm I, like a skoda fanboy so <laughs> it, it, in, the, in automotive youtube speak my daily is a skoda kodiak seven seater two liter 190 psi oh, oh stop, stop it. it rocks it on, on the motorway
1: yeah <laughs> let's <laughs> Let's, Cam, let's candace go to chat um for a minute as we uh, as we head towards uh, our sort of uh, we've got a few sort of weird and random questions to, to ask you emma but yeah. actually just on on the career side as well first you know what where do you see things going you know what what, what is the dream and you know, do you have any things you you might have changed on the way to where you are now
3: yeah i mean definitely i would the dream before was to be a, a pop star kind of following the parents uh Footsteps uh, rapidly changed in the last couple of years, but I think something like Top Gear for me would be would yeah. be the dream. I think like. you know, incorporates presenting um, crazy stunts, which I would be very up for, uh, and driving cars. I think for me, those three things align quite well. So anything like a Top Gear show would, would be would be amazing.
2: And can you pinpoint out of all the things you've done? your sort of proudest moment is there is there a point in life where you look back and think yeah that that was a really big big point for me that that really stands out
3: yeah I think um I have a few actually I've been very fortunate to um experience quite a few things I think Greece was definitely a big um standout moment for me touring you know with the West End as Somebody who came from a little town in Somerset West was was a big thing for me. Uh, being in the girl band in the beginning was was supposed to be huge. It didn't it didn't work out very well. But what was it called? We were called Chicks. Chicks. Chicks with two, it was like two X's. Oh. Very cool.
2: <laughs>
0: Very cool. <laughs> it was
3: Excellent. what, We were put together for X Factor, and there was a whole scandal wow. going on, and you know Simon Cowell. Uh, it was a whole, a whole thing. So you know we were going to be the the band that you know changed into like a really cool chicks band. So we were called like Melody Lane, something really lame. <laughs>
2: Before, melody <laughs> leg.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, we were supposed to go touring with the Saturdays, and like we had all these contracts. And wow, yeah, it was a huge moment, and I was like, wow, my life's going to change. And um, yeah, that um, fell apart quite quickly. But um, I think the, the the big moment for me recently was was being on Top Gear, being asked to be a part of that Top Gear um, or show or episode or online, whatever it was. But just standing there doing you know, the lap time with the Stig and, like, I was just... That's the kind of stuff I watched when I was a kid with my dad yeah. and, you know, I took him to all the live shows and that was a really a proud moment for me, I think, just coming from such a small town and, yeah, that was that was a big wow moment for me, I would say.
1: Yeah, that's I don't think any, cool. anybody's got the same career path as you. I don't think anybody could match that. It's just... It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing.
2: It is. I'm slightly uh, uh, taken aback by it because I wasn't expecting it because I, I sort of... As probably most people in this in this country that follow cars know you from YouTube. That's you know that and you know I, to be honest because I, I watched um, a bit of Made in Chelsea back in the day, um, not a great deal, but but I've known you as you, as a YouTuber. So it's funny that you've done all this other stuff. And I was going to ask you one of the questions that we we had lined up was what's what's your biggest talent that perhaps no perhaps no one knows about. But it sounds like you've done so much. But is that is there anything that really stands out for you that that you think you know? what is your biggest talent i suppose
3: do you know i mean i did singing dancing acting i was a really good dancer So <laughs> a really good dancer i feel very untalented now and i think that's that's my um, my problem at the moment constantly trying to feel like i'm i'm a little bit more talented than i than i feel at the moment so it's, it's weird because you know i'd wake up every day i i knew what i was doing even if i wasn't in job, I knew where to audition or what to do or who to call and you know, I'd go in and I'd, I'd learn, I'd, I'd pick up choreography. I think that's probably my biggest talent is picking up stuff quite quickly, yeah. uh, you know, whether it's kind of script reading or, or choreography or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite good at picking stuff up quite quickly, watching something and then and doing it. And I, I get in a race car with a, with a driver and I say, do the, do the track first, you go first. And I watch and then I learn, I learn like that. So that's pretty good. But yeah, I often wake up and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how to be talented any anymore. Oh <laughs> it's no! A weird, a weird place to be when you've yeah. done something your whole life, and then it yeah. kind of changes over. Yeah.
2: That's what I think. Sorry, God, God, I Just, just going to say. What, what, so what? What is? I mean, you've got your YouTube. What What is What is the dream for you? Like, what What do you want to do next? Because I know I watched. Um, yeah, I've watched your YouTube channel quite a lot. Um, you're very open in it. Um, you know you, you've had your ups and downs. Um, you've spent some time in South Africa of, of late, um, which sounds like it was a great thing for you to do. But where are you right now? I mean what, where's the head out? What are you thinking is, is the path forward?
3: Yeah I mean I guess I've kind of just I'm still figuring my way. I mean people know like you say people know me from YouTube and, and this world, but I mean really I'm just still figuring it out like it's so new for me uh, and coming from something that I did for so long. I'm still just kind of trying to, you know, pave the path, if you want to say it like that. And I'm still figuring out what this industry is about. You know, being a girl in this man's world, like you say, and just yeah. trying to figure things out. I think I really I've put my YouTube channel into hibernation because I keep coming back. I'm like, I'm back, um, but I just wasn't feeling like I was putting out anything of interest, or you know. I'd, I wasn't going to do the daily vlogs because I just wasn't – I felt like I wasn't doing anything interesting and I didn't feel like people would just want to watch random things. Um, They do, which is weird, (laughs) which is weird. (laughs)
0: Um,
3: But I just kind of put it on the back burner. I think my – I just needed to focus. The last two years have actually been quite difficult, Um, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, I I got stuck in South Africa. That was – I was supposed to be there for a month or two. I ended up being there for seven. So that was a, that kind of messed the head up a little bit. And, yeah, just coming back to London was a big step. So I just thought I'd put everything on the back burner, really focus on just, you know, getting things more lined up. And presenting, I think, is is my my focus. And, yeah, my priorities have changed a little bit in terms of YouTube. So I'm just waiting to to you know come back on youtube and i think yeah i think presenting now for me i'd love to be doing tv um anything like that yeah
2: yeah interesting stuff for me it has been a changing time hasn't it And i think it's made a lot of people evaluate what they're doing with their lives um you know in in all sorts of industries um but um one thing i am keen to know about is is your motorsport interest so you followed F1 when you were a kid. Are you still following it now? Are you keeping up with the F1 season this year?
3: Yeah, I absolutely love F1. It's like my favourite thing ever, yeah. So it's so good at the moment.
2: How do you think this year is going to pan out? What What's your prediction?
3: Oh, it's so close, isn't it? I mean, Lewis is such a great guy. He's such a talent and... I just think it's so exciting for the sport that you know Max has got such a shot to to win this as well. So I think it's keeping everyone on their toes uh, in the in the final couple of races. I don't know who's going to take it. It's so no, close. I don't. Like I actually don't know. No. It's really really close. I am spearing on the McLaren boys. Though. Daniel Ricciardo is definitely my my favourite driver, and I think Lando is doing so well. Um, oh,
1: Heartbreaker no last time out, wasn't it?
3: Honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think the whole nation felt that one <laughs> but I do I do think that was almost better for him in his career and uh, then than it would have been to win at the time and I think he's got so much time coming up to win and I think he's definitely going to be a world champion um, one day soon
1: yeah it's, you know you know what's great about f1 I think actually these days obviously this year the the, the racing has been r- much better than it has been in the last few years but also because we've got all these like young drivers coming in now who are all you know they're all on twitch they're already open that added together with like f1 being more digital and giving people more access i think it's just changed how people watch and and plus you know netflix drive to divide it's amazing how much f1 has changed in the last five years i think really and just how much more accessible entertaining and just like a better place it seems. You know, you've got Lando Norris on this morning opening up about his mental health and all these yeah, kind things. Yeah. It's
2: just it's just fantastic. I think you don't get that in many other sports And it's fair play to Liberty Media because you know when when they came in everyone was like, Yeah, whatever, you know, nothing's changed, same old, same old. And when you do look at it like that and look back at how it was five years ago, it's completely different. Mm. Plus, it's all shaping up to be mega in the next few years because you know, when you've got like Lando Norris and McLaren coming back, who knows what's gonna happen next year with all the regulation changes, it'll probably yeah right spanner in the way but at the moment with lando doing so well george russell clearly going to be racing for one of the top teams we're going to have two british drivers battling it out at the front who are pals and then you've got the likes of leclerc and all these um, other amazing talents it's gonna next year i can't wait for i really can't wait
3: really honestly it has changed so much and i think since i started in in this kind of world there was always you know, my dream was to do something with Formula One. You know, people follow people and yeah. Drive to Survive has changed everything. And it's 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 been great because, you know, they are these people forget they are these elite sportsmen. They are like the best of the best, top of their game. And, you know, it's so quick to be like, Oh, well, you know, you should have done this or shouldn't that, or he's rubbish and you know, they're top ten drivers and I think yeah. drive to survive really opened up that side of of their personalities and what happens in the team and how difficult it actually is to you know to be a, a formula 1 driver and i think it's so great
2: yeah uh, there's a lot of good storylines isn't there what do you make of um of uh, mars pan because he, he's he's had so much crap probably rightly over the course of the season so far for his antics at the beginning of the season he's doing he's doing some pr uh, I don't know whether I buy it or not. He's, he's doing some PR activity at the moment that's trying to project him in a certain light. What, what do you make of of a driver like him coming into the sport?
3: What's PRs there for a reason, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to change, yeah, to change things around to make something bad something good. Um, I think he's just, I think he's been told to, you know, up his game a little bit on the on the media side and. he's he's doing what he can it's it's so difficult I mean you look at somebody like Raikkonen as well like he didn't care about so he was there to drive and it it actually made it quite interesting to watch and and he stuck with it his whole career he never he never changed really I mean I think he started a social media platform unsure if he actually managed that but um it must be so difficult being a driver like you're you know you're fully focused you're Working all the time to, to, for this goal to win and, you know, you've got this on-track rivalry and then off-track, you're just constantly swarmed by cameras and phones and and now with, with phones and social media, you can't do anything uh, without getting without getting caught. You have to be on kind of best behaviour all the time, so I do, I do feel for them it, it must be it must be tough,
2: yeah, and they 're only human at the end of the day, you know, and it, yeah. it, we had Nico Rosberg on here a few months ago, and even he was saying, even at the height of his success when he was literally world championship year, he felt insecure didn 't feel confident in his abilities um, was insecure when he was on camera and yeah you, you, you don 't see that, but they are only human at the end of the day. I, t- I suppose the trouble is people see. You know, them driving around in, in supercars and, and earning a lot of money. And, and I think the sympathy tends to go out the window a little bit. But, like you say, at the end of the day, they're, they're just normal people who are trying to make their way in life. Uh,
3: well, that's why I think it, the, the more open they are, the, the, the better. And it gives, you know, hu- unfortunately, humans are naturally judgmental and, it, and it's, it's shocking uh, especially in this way. country i but, don't you know they're already seen in their in their best form yeah. on tv and that's why i think drive to, to survive has been good and also the drivers doing their own social media lando and you know coming on a show and talking about your mental health people go oh you know they, you, they're on a pedestal and then they realize you know actually these guys are human yeah. as well and you know they are normal at the end of the day
1: I think that's where the age thing comes in as well because people forget that these kids they they are they, they're not kids obviously they are adults but you they're know young,
3: aren't they? Yeah, between young.
1: 19 and, and 24 you know they are they're still very young obviously they are incredibly mature for the uh, the places where they're at but you know if you're 22 19 suddenly thrown into this Formula One world where the pressures suddenly ramp up you know mm. it's it's gonna be a, a tough one to deal with regardless of your background and where you come from and and, and how good you are you know so yeah, people very easily feel get that i think uh yeah. when we're looking at formula one um but emma look we've got a uh, a final three questions to ask you which we ask to all of our guests so we just like to see uh, what comes out differently emma we've got our final three brought to you by road in cars so i'll kick things off um our first one to you what's got you excited at this very moment in time
3: i would say um actually moving back to london and all the possibilities that uh, could arise. I'm quite excited to be back in the UK and uh, settle back into London.
2: Very good. Nice. Um, you've travelled extensively. What's been your favourite destination?
3: That's really hard. Um, probably, probably south of France, actually, because it's an uh, accumulation of Monaco, Formula One, Rosé, great food, <laughs> <laughs> great, great roads, um, and good weather in the summer.
1: But that all important rose yeah. it's cool there <laughs> Obviously. as well um amazing okay final one for you what are you scared of
3: mm. oh. um i'll keep it light um <laughs> spiders actually yeah. i'm i'm not scared of a lot like i can I'll jump off things and drive things fast and yeah spiders
1: well, I'm, I imagine growing up in, in South Africa, they're, they're, there's probably a few creepy crawlies around there, right?
3: Horrid. And, you know, my dad used to catch them and run around the house with us. Um would oh. be, like, in the Tupperware. I'm like, no wonder I'm so... <laughs> yeah.
1: That is horrific. I can't describe it. Horrible. It's, it's, it's no. terrible. Not a, not a fan. Not a fan at all. At all. Well, look... I know it's terrible well, look, Emma it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you it on uh, the show thank you so much for, for giving up your time it's been brilliant to find all about you obviously your YouTube and automotive career but all the other stuff as well from Made in Chelsea the pop group singing acting dancing it's been so amazing to get to know you a little bit better and I hope people uh, make sure to go and follow you Miss Emma Walsh on all the socials but from us Emma thank you so much for joining us on the Motormath podcast
3: thanks for having you guys
1: before you go one final reminder to check out road in cars forget a one-off experience. With Rodin and the Rodin FZ, you can become and live the life of an elite performance driver. With your very own Rodin FZ, you'll be able to drive a truly remarkable supercar. Hunt down lap time and search for ultimate performance. A solo cockpit, but never alone. With Rodin's incredible after-sale partnership, you'll be looked after on and off track with an official Formula Racing team running and maintaining your vehicle. And as an exclusive owner of a Rodin car, you'll get exclusive access to their circuit in New Zealand. So, what are you waiting for? To find out how you can own the F1 lifestyle, find the perfect racing line, enjoy the thrill of a roaring engine, and experience the purity of driving, visit roden carscom Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth Podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials: Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official, and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from mmtv create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy we're also proud to be supporting the brain tumor charity too so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker don't forget to like subscribe and review and until next time you've been listening to the motormouth podcast